0: We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. ...to be in service with us today. I say, Lord, bless every person that's watching and listening on our live stream right now. My son is at home right now. He promised me he's taking notes on this sermon. Son, I'm calling you out. I want to see those church notes, all right? And Lord, bless... Everybody that's hearing, watching this, maybe sometime later on YouTube or or on our podcast, however you're watching this, whoever you are and wherever we are, I say, Lord, bless you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, bless us with a timely word. Somebody say timely word. Timely word. Friend, you are about to receive the powerful word of God. You are about to receive the life-changing word of God. You are about to receive the unstoppable word. The never failing, the never returning void word of God. Do you believe that? Could you just take a moment, just stir up your faith and say, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. I believe that. Turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 29, where we will begin reading at verse 31. If I can be honest with you this week, I wrote four different sermons. I am not kidding you. I wrote four different sermons. We were all iced in. I was uh, trying to get away from my kids, so I was reading a lot of the Bible, and everything I read was like a sermon, so it just like, it came out this week, all of it, but it was like, Lord, Kay doesn't want to hear all four sermons this week. What, what would you have me preach? And I wanted you to tell after I prayed that, I really felt the Lord direct me right to this word we're going to receive in Genesis Genesis 29. Genesis 29 is a love story. It's boy meets girl right there in the pages of your Bible. Jacob sees a girl named Rachel. Oh, she just sounds pretty, doesn't she? Rachel. And he knows that she is his destiny. It gets really awkward in that chapter. It's one of the funny parts of the Bible. I read it. It says he meets her, he kisses her, and he sobs on <laughs> the same breath. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> I just imagine, like, meeting somebody, kissing them immediately, and breaking down crying in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it's, in your Bible, read it. it it's, it's funny to me, but it was life-altering, meeting his destiny Rachel. Jacob goes to her father. Her father's name is Laban. And man, we spend the next chapters learning about Laban. And Laban and Jacob agree together that Jacob is going to work seven years. Somebody say seven. Seven Seven years for Laban in order to earn the right to marry Rachel. My goodness, this is not dating, y'all. This is... The longest contractual, prenuptial agreement ever. My God. And reminder, he just as met her. It's not been that long, but he's going to wait a long time in order to earn the right to marry her. In a day and age where love comes fast, where love comes easy. Where love comes cheaply. A man named Jacob was willing to work patiently and to work steadfastly for his love. We could learn something about that today some of you are called to do something you absolutely love and it's not easy right now let me tell you it's what you love but it's not going to come cheap for you you got to be patient and you got to learn some wisdom and you got to learn some steadfastness God is still at work but it's going to take some time some of you you look at your marriage and go my marriage is not what I want it to be don't you give up it's not cheap It is costly, and it's worth every minute. That's what Jacob would stand up and testify to us today. In Genesis 29 and verse 20, it says, So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. That's special, isn't it? The labor and the burden. Seemed short because of his love for her. Jacob was wild about Rachel. And finally the day had come. It had been one month and seven years since he had laid eyes on this girl. He had completed all the seven years of that work. Jacob goes to Laban and in verse 21 he says, Give me my wife. My time is completed. And that very day... There was a large feast. They had a lot of people over, and they ate, and they celebrated. And that evening, Jacob was with his soulmate for the very first time after waiting for such a long time. Some of y'all are already snickering. Some of you are already smiling because you know what is about to unfold in this story. Verse 25, when morning came, there was Leah that doesn't look like Rachel. When morning came, there was Leah. Somebody say, Leah. Leah. What are you doing here? So Jacob said to Laban, who is this? What is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Didn't I? He's like, didn't I? Oh my Gosh, I was crazy for seven years. Didn't I serve you for Rachel? Why have you deceived me? What happened? Laban tricked Jacob. Jacob worked seven years for Rachel, but he accidentally married Rachel's sister, Leah. This was supposed to be a love story, but it quickly turns into the Jerry Springer show. Kids these days don't even know about the Jerry Springer show, and I say that's good. Let it be. Genesis chapter 29, verse 26. Laban replied, this is Laban's reply to this crazy mess of a thing. It is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish the daughter's bridal week. Then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. So Jacob waits one more week. Then he marries Rachel. I bet he was really a lot more careful on that wedding night. And then he works how many more years? Seven Seven more years. Years to earn her hand in marriage. Jacob and Rachel finally get what they desired. But there is now another innocent party thrown into this difficult situation. And that's what we're going to talk about today, verse 30. I want us to really focus on these next few verses. Verse 30. Jacob made love to Rachel also. And his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah. And he worked for Laban another seven years. Now with that understanding, we read our text for the day. Verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, he enabled her to conceive. But Rachel remained childless. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Verse 33, she conceived again. and When she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord heard that I am not loved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Verse 34, and she conceived again and when she gave birth to a son she said now at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons so his name was Levi verse 35 she conceived again and when she gave birth to a son she said this time I will praise the Lord so. so she named him Judah then she stopped Having children. I want to name the title of tonight's message. This time I will praise the Lord. Will you say that sentence with me? This time I will praise the Lord. Poor Leah. Anybody feel bad for Leah? Feel bad for Leah. She was put in a position that she did not ask for. She's just following what her father told her to do. And now she is the fifth wheel. She is the spare. And she felt less than loved. Jacob loved Rachel more. Jacob worked 14 years for Rachel. And he had not meant to work for a single day for Leah. And it was completely obvious to Leah. This puts the sisters Leah and Rachel at odds. They often fought over the attention of Jacob. There's a weird story in your Bible over mandrakes. We don't, we, I just don't even know what you want to know a story. I don't even know what to make of in your Bible. It's a story about the mandrakes. That's some crazy stuff. I don't know what in the world. If that's saying something spiritual, Jeremy, I don't know what it is. Coming to you soon. Next sermon series, mandrakes, question mark. Seriously, if you read that story, you'd be like, what? Y'all, y'all go read that story and get back to me, all right? So they fight over the attention of Rachel. Over, uh, Rachel and Leah, they fight over the attention of Jacob. And Rachel usually won this battle. And verse 31 says that God saw Leah and how she was unloved. Can I tell you something? Sometimes you are unloved. Sometimes you aren't crazy. Some people tell you, oh, you're crazy. People don't, people don't dislike you. Some people aren't against you. People, no, no, sometimes they do dislike you, and sometimes they are against you, and sometimes you aren't loved, and it is not you, and even God himself notices that you are not being treated fairly. And God moves especially on the behalf of Leah. For a time, Leah was able to conceive while Rachel remained Unable. And the patriarch, Jacob, he's a patriarch of the faith. His father is Isaac. His grandfather is Abraham. Abraham. This is a big deal. Jacob later, his name is changed to what? Israel. 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 You talk about a big, big, important person in the Bible. The patriarch, Jacob's first four sons are from Rachel? Oh. No, they are from Leah. Leah. Why? Because God saw her. God saw her situation. and God blessed her in the middle of her heartache. This was an amazing opportunity. Probably the most amazing opportunity on the face of the planet. Rachel, but not Rachel, Leah was handed. An opportunity to provide Jacob an heir and find the appreciation she longed for. And that heir, of course, would then give way to... The Messiah, Jesus Christ. Leah has her first son, and she names him what? Who remembers? Put it up on screen. Reuben. Reuben means what? It means seen. Seen. Surely my husband will love me now. Now I am seen. She names her first son after her struggle to be seen and to be loved. This situation, it means it's all that she's dealing with. She sees this baby and she goes, Now, maybe what I've longed for to be seen and loved by Jacob, now surely it will happen, she hands him Reuben. Have you ever tried very hard to be seen? Anybody ever tried? Maybe in a relationship. There's there's this sad case of the the... the 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 guy who's interested in the girl, but he's always relegated to what? Friend zone. The friend zone. The friend zone's a lonely place, y'all. Just floating out into the the friend zone. Can't get anywhere. There's some terrible videos out on the internet. Look up friend zone. You'll see people buying their friends that are girls that they want to be their girlfriends they buy them diamond rings and sometimes they buy them cars and they buy them and they look at them and it's this awful slow motion train wreck those women that are handed this great gift from a great guy who is a really wonderful person cares for them they say these words they say these words you know the words they say you're such a good friend oh, oh, oh gosh they don't want to be just a friend they want to be seen as more than a friend. How about want to be seen on the job? Ever, ever desire to get there early? And like, yeah, you ever get there early and your boss isn't there yet? And you're like, oh, he's not going to see that I'm here early. Maybe I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts, come back. <laughs> then he's there and you're late. Ah. Oh! How about to be seen on a team, you know, that you got these teams and, you know, you're like, like a basketball team and everybody's running. You don't want to be seen ever trotting it out. You want to be seen running. So you'll, you'll work extra hard. You'll put in extra time in, in hopes to be seen. Perhaps in a ministry, maybe, maybe. Maybe my pastor will see me as more than just somebody that, you know, can just move cables around. Maybe, maybe he'll see a, a calling in my life. I remember thinking these kind of things before. The desire to be seen is a strong desire. and Leah had that desire. Leah tried to be seen by Jacob, but she remained unseen. And she remained unloved, even though she had given him this precious gift of Reuben. But she conceived again. Verse 33. And this time she named that son who remembers? Simeon. If you don't learn anything today. You're going to learn the first four tribes of Israel. Reuben. Simeon. Simeon means what? Heard. 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 The Lord heard. I am not loved. Leah longed to be seen. And she longed to be heard. Jacob had not heard her or seen her she believed that God had heard that she was unloved and she named her second son to commemorate this feeling of inadequacy have you ever tried to be heard that's a painful experience sometimes right in a business meeting maybe you pitch an idea that you've worked long hours on, and there's times where you, you pitch that idea, and in the first three words, you can tell they've already decided no. They didn't hear you, and you, you leave that going, I worked so hard, this is a good idea. They're passing on it, but they never even, you know, if they would have just said no after hearing me out, that's one thing. No, they, they already decided no, I was not heard. You try to be heard in your marriage about... An issue or a problem or a fear that you're having, a weakness that you're having, and maybe you aren't heard there. Maybe you're not heard by your parents. Sometimes the people that love you the most don't hear you. Your siblings, they don't hear you. Your best friends don't hear you. Perhaps you've cried out to God and you don't feel heard. It's a painful place. Wave your hand if you've ever been there. You're not alone. Look around this room, you're not alone. You have something to offer if they would only listen, if they would only hear me. Leah tried to be seen. She tried to be heard by Jacob. But Leah was yet again unloved. She's 0 for 2, everybody. Reuben, Simeon, verse 34, again she conceived. And this time she names the son. Somebody help me. Levi. Levi. Levi means attached. Now at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. She tried to get Jacob to see her, to hear her, and now she tried to get her husband to join her attachment. Maybe he'll join me. Now at last, after all that I've done, I've got a track record I I can point to now. I've given him three sons. My husband, surely now, now is the moment. Now's that secret, wonderful moment where he goes, Leah, you're so wonderful. Have you ever struggled to be appreciated? I'm the only one. Have you ever logged more hours on the job hoping your boss would notice? How'd that turn out for you? Oh, that's so painful, isn't it? Ah. have you ever worked on your house in hopes that someone would appreciate it? <laughs> Moms, don't break your arms putting your hands up. Gosh. Like, but, but there's this thing. You, you work really hard. It's like, and people come in and they just mess up the counter that you just cleaned up. Yeah. Somebody said preach. Preach. They, me- they just take the clothes that, that you washed, you dried. And you fold it and you put on hangers. And those little boys, they just take them. They, they go, ah, I won't wear this. And they throw it on the ground. They do. It, they do it. Come on, somebody. In the dirty clothes, hamper, My gosh, half the clothes we wash are already clean. Have you ever thought to yourself, now at last, surely... They will see what I've done. Surely I've done enough that they are going to realize my value. I'm valuable. I am worthy of something more than than how they're treating me. Surely now I'm going to be appreciated. Leah loved Jacob. That's very clear. She loved Jacob. Leah carried within herself and delivered three children for Jacob. Yet Leah was not seen. She was not heard and she was not attached. No matter what Leah did, Jacob did not see, hear, or appreciate her. Now this is the part part of the story where many people would seek a divorce in today's culture. It's what we do. We'd say, this is it. I've tried hard enough. This is it. They'd seek a divorce. This is where many would... Maybe then seek counseling. Or we'll, maybe we'll go we'll talk this out. Look out when you walk in that room because they have got a list of not being seen, not being heard, and not yeah. being appreciated. And this is where some people would take medicine or they would look to escape the pain through other means, through alcohol, through illegal drugs, or some other vice out there. In order to distract them or to dull the pain that they're feeling. And then, of course, there's this. This is where many people would just give up. This is where many people consider suicide. This is where many people consider self-harm. This is where many people consider, I'll do something crazy right now. This is where people, they go when they do this. Because they're unloved, but they've tried so hard to be loved. They've tried to be seen and they've tried to be heard. They've tried to be received and nobody's doing it. So now they might just go off and do something crazy. That's, that's the part of this story. But that's not what Leah did. Here's what Leah did. Verse 35. She conceived again. My goodness. Listen. Stop. Listen. Listen. You need an again. You need an again kind of heart, an again kind of spirit, an again kind of patience, an again kind of love. Do you have that? I want to tell you before today's over, you can have an again kind of life. And you can have again kind of marriage. And you can have again kind of future. Oh, there's an again for you. Somebody say again. again. I'm telling you there's an again for you. There's an again for you. My goodness. Verse 35, she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, This time, I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. This time is different. This time, I will praise the Lord. What does Judah mean? means praise. You see this word, All throughout your Old Testament, every time you see it, it means praise. Judah means praise. This time is different. This time I will praise the Lord God. I have not been seen, but this time is different. Even if I am never seen, I'll praise the Lord. I have not been heard, but this time it's different. Even if I'm never heard by Jacob, This time, I will praise the Lord. I've not been attached. I've not been received. I've not been joined. I've had nobody stand beside me. I have not been appreciated. But this time, I don't even care if that happens. This time, I'm going to do it different. This time, I will praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Will anybody praise the Lord in this house? Hallelujah. Oh, come on, my soul. Before, before Leah had been focused on herself, we see that in these verses. She's focused on who she was. She's focused on how she had been hurt. She was focused, Ron, on how things weren't kind of turning out the way that she wanted. But now she's focused on one, one, one audience, and it is the Lord. Lord. Before she was focused on her pain, now she's focused on the healer. She's focused on the Lord. Before she was focused on the impossible position of being enough for someone else. You listen, that is crazy talk. That's crazy talk, man. You are not enough for somebody else. You're not enough to make other people happy. You are not, that you want to go crazy, you want to drive yourself bonkers, try to make other people happy. Because sometimes it's impossible. And so she goes from this focus of trying to make him happy. Now I'll do these things. Now he'll be happy. Now I'll try this. Now he'll be happy. I'll save these things. I'll cook his favorite meal. I'll have his children. I'll do this. He'll make he go, She goes from that focus on that impossible thing. Instead focuses on the Lord who is the source of all joy, who is the source of all hope, who is the source of all peace. He hath made me glad. Again I say, he hath made me glad. What should you do today? I want to tell you what you should do today. You should focus on the Lord. I know you might have problems in your life. I know you got issues in your life. Some of them are people. Some of them are things. Some of them are specially things that you didn't cause. And there they are. They're on your doorstep. I want to tell you today. Focus on the Lord. Do it different today. This time. I will praise the Lord. To everyone who has ever felt unseen. Unheard. Detached. And unappreciated, it is time that you give birth to a new child. It's time you give birth to Judah. It's time that you give praise to the Lord. Psalm 103 verse 1 and 2 says, Praise the Lord, oh my soul. We sing that song today. Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. Do you know that within you is a soul? Do you know within you there is a soul that longs to praise yes. the Lord? Your soul longs to sing. You sing that song, then sings my soul, my Savior God. You know that there is a soul within you that wants to sing. Yes. Sometimes that's how you've got to just lose yourself in worship. So with that, it's no longer just you doing it, but it's something deep within you. It's your very soul praising the Lord. It says, praise the Lord, oh, my soul, all my inmost being. You got to go a little deeper sometimes in praise. Sometimes it's got to go a little past. Patty cake, patty cake, praise the Lord. It's got to go a little past that. Sometimes you got to go deep down into your inmost. Oh, deep down in your inmost? Yeah. You know that place where you hurt? That place where you aren't forgiving people. You need to go down to that deep place. You need to redeem those things. Reconcile those things. Turn them over. So now that they're praising the Lord God Almighty. And it says praise his holy name. You want to know good, good time spent? It's praising the name of Jesus. Oh Jesus, I praise your name and I lift you high above all the earth. The greatest name there is, is your name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits do you know the power of praise do you know that there is power in praising the Lord I want to tell you today I'm going to spend the next few moments telling you some of your favorite stories and if you don't know one of these stories you need to write it down you need to go find the chapter and you need to read it because it's your new favorite story you're very welcome Here's number one, Jericho. Ever hear of it? It's found in Joshua 6. If you don't know it, Joshua 6. You need to read this. The army of Israel marched around a walled city called Jericho. Jericho. Very good. And they marched every day for seven days. Day one, they marched. What happened after day one? Nothing. Nothing. But they came back on day two and they marched around. What happened on day two? Nothing. Nothing. Day three, same thing. Nothing. Day four, nothing. Day five, nothing. Day six, nothing. It was the same every day. Day seven, they marched around the first time, nothing happened. They marched around the second time, nothing happened. Third time, nothing. Fourth time, nothing. Fifth time, nothing. Six times, nothing. Seventh time. Yes. Now this time, they shouted praise, praise. to God and something changed. They did something different and something different happened. Now this time, they praised the Lord. And those walls that stood day after day that they couldn't get past to defeat their enemy, those walls came tumbling down. What was the difference? This time, they praised the Lord. Hallelujah. My goodness, maybe you've been watching around problems over and over again. You've seen the problem enough. You've inspected the wall long enough. Why not this time you do a little different? This time, I will praise the Lord. Anybody ever hear of a guy named Goliath? And another guy named David, right? If you don't know that one, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. For 40 days. Everybody say 40 days. Oh, my goodness, that would take the rest of the night if I went after day one. Nothing. If I did that whole thing, y'all just have to go home. Forty days. Uh The giant walked out into the middle of the valley of Elah, and he yelled curses at the God of Israel. And he called them lily-livered, chicken gut, cotton-headed, ninny-muggins. Look it up. It's in Hebrew. No, it's not. No, it's not. But he named. He yelled terrible things at them day after day after day for 40 days. And you know what Israel did day after day? They quaked and they shivered and they hid in their tents. The very king of Israel, Saul, he was found in his tent going, Is he still there? Oh my gosh, he's still. I hear the giant, oh my goodness. That's where they were for 40 days until a worshiper showed up. That's it. A person who was after God's own heart. That means a person who was always reaching out for the heart of God. Trying to love God and worship God and praise God and sing praises to God no matter where he was. He was a worshiper. His name was David. And David, he walked out on that field. It said, it's been 40 days. Well, I'm going to go out there because the battle, it belongs to the Lord. And he goes out there and you know what he does? Goliath hears these last words. These are basic, these are some of the last words that Goliath heard. He heard this, I come to you in the name of the Lord God Almighty. He praised God right in front of that guy who had been cursing the name of the Lord all day. These days. For 40 days, Israel was fearful. But this time, someone praised the Lord. And as he praised the Lord, that giant fell. And when that giant fell, everybody who was afraid in Israel was suddenly brave. And they ran after the enemy, and they overtook them, and they won a great victory. Oh, after 40 days, what was the difference? This time, someone praised the Lord. There is a story you probably don't know. It's Jehoshaphat's choir, somebody say Jehoshaphat. 2nd Chronicles chapter 20. If you don't know it, mark it down. Read this one. Jerusalem was surrounded by the Moabites and the Ammonites. They didn't just have one enemy. They had two enemies, and they had centered all their forces. I mean, everything they had was surrounding and sieging the city of Jerusalem. And Jehoshaphat was this young king, and he went to the house of God. And he said, oh, God, and he just prayed before everyone. Everybody's like, king, what you going to do? And he's like, I'll show you what I'm going to do. God help. And he starts to call on God. And God sends a word. It says that the Holy Spirit moved on people, and a person in that temple spoke up and he said the word of God. Can I tell you, when you reach out to God, God can sometimes move by his spirit to someone to talk to you. And that's what happens. And here is what is said it is said this the battle is not yours. But God's, that's what God says. You listen to that. The battle is not yours, it's God. And then God says these words, you will not have to fight this battle. Now, can I tell you something, Lillian? That sounds crazy. Because the Ammonites and the Moabites would have to disagree. Oh, but this is the great God almighty who never changes and who never fails. And he says, the battle's not yours and you're not even going to have to fight this battle. So it gets real crazy, y'all. You know what happens? The next day, the king sends out, sends out his army. But it's not archers and it's not cavalry. It's not big tanks. It's nobody like that. He sends out a choir and it says that they sang with one voice and they sang these words. They said, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. They sang it. They didn't bring a sword. They brought a song and they brought it to that battlefield. And the Ammonites and the Moabites had to be almost laughing what is going on. But as soon as they had given praise to god something happened in both of those camps those people lost complete control and they lost complete sense of what was happening they got so confused can i tell you worshiping the lord confuses the enemy and those enemies they turned on each other those enemies killed each other and all israel had to do after that was clean up the dead bodies because they were all dead. What happened? What changed this? What, what, what was the secret weapon that made all this possible? Right. They praised the Lord. This time, I will praise the Lord. I've got one final one. Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas were on a missionary journey and they had preached the gospel in the area of Philippi and it made people so angry. Doing the right thing sometimes will make people angry. And they took Paul and they took Silas and they beat them. And they unjustly threw them in a jail cell. Verse 25 says this, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken at once. All the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. What happened? God's deliverance happened. It came after what? After somebody worshiped, after someone praised, after somebody prayed to the Lord, after somebody said, You know, we're in this problem, but the Lord can still hear us and the Lord is still with us. And sure enough, He was. They were sitting in a jail cell, but they started praying. They started singing praise to God. I'm telling you, wherever you are, you can pray to him. You can praise him, and he will hear you in the belly of a well. Jonah reached heaven's throne. You can reach heaven's throne, Leah, if you will praise the Lord. If you only praise God after good things happen then you will never fully understand the power of praise. Oh, David, he praised the Lord before he ever slew that giant. They praised the Lord before there was even a tremor of change in that wall. Jehoshaphat and his people, they just decided, we're either going to praise God who's true. Oh, we did. And so they praised God and God was true. Paul and Silas did not wait until an angel opened the gate for them to praise the Lord. They praised the Lord in the middle of their situation. I want to tell you, when you praise the Lord while you're still in trouble, I'm telling you that is where you see the power of praise. It changes things. This time, I will praise the Lord You can praise God for changing your circumstance. That's absolutely true. I've got testimonies I can praise the Lord for changing my circumstances. But I also wanted you to know today that you can also praise God. And as you praise him, you can watch your circumstances change. Walls will fall. Giants will fall. Enemies disappear. Prison doors Open this time. I will. Praise the Lord. Leah had four children. We're drawing to a close, everyone. Y'all stay with me. Leah had four children. She had Reuben. She had Simeon. She had Levi. And she had Judah. Each one was a descendant of Abraham. Each one could have been the direct Lineage of the Messiah. You want to know what a big deal is that? That is the first prophecy in your Bible is about the seed of Eve defeating the devil. Talk about a big deal. This is the fulfillment of it. This is a part of that. If this doesn't happen, then that problem, but prophecy does not take place. So she has four children. That first one, surely that one's it's usually the firstborn, right? Nope. Reuben is disqualified. He has got an, a bilpa problem. We'll talk about that some other time. There's kids present. <laughs> then there's the second and the third son. Man, that looks promising, right? Second and third son. In fact, Jacob's the second. Maybe it makes second for the se- make sense m- for the second son to wear? Nope. Simeon and Levi—they have another problem, and it's crazy gross too. You don't want to know about that one. I don't have a code word for that one. We're just not talking about it. She's over for three. Yeah. Leah. Had Reuben. Nope. Simeon. Nope. Levi. Nope. When Jacob's handing out. The promises and the blessings. at The end of his life. He, he passes over those three. And he comes to the fourth one. It was that last son. It was that. The son named praise. That's the one. And let me tell you, he's not a perfect individual. He made a lot of mistakes too, but he's the one. That becomes the descendant of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is known as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah. Hallelujah. I want our worship team to come. I want them to lead us in praise today. For more information about Redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214.